Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. You know, fellas, it's ironic. He's Mr. Discount Double Check because if he asked the 49ers if they needed any insurance, they certainly would have said yes because nobody is more banged up than they are at this particular point. The San Francisco 49ers last night on Thursday Night Football in a 34-17 defeat to the Packers. Key, good morning, good morning, Jay. They played without Jimmy G. What's up? George Kittle, good morning. Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel. Keep going. Brandon Ayuk. Keep going. Trent Williams. Tell me more. Nick Bosa. Say it again. D Ford. For the people in the back. And the Pac-12's own Richard Sherman as Key's Pac-12 is ready to go tomorrow. They played without all of them, but the problem is... The Packers played with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and a banged-up Aaron Jones, 34-17. I know, Key, it's a JV squad taking on the varsity last night with regard to talent. Aaron Rodgers said it after the game. He said, I don't feel sorry for them. They don't feel sorry for us. Absolutely. It's no big deal. They did what they had to do against whoever was facing them. Absolutely. I mean, why would I? Because if it was on the flip side and the Packers were all uh, uh, beat up and bruised and Nobody would feel sorry for the Packers, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay obviously took care of business. I mean, you know, it, I, I didn't expect anything different. <clears throat> you know, I didn't expect Kyle Shanahan has done a tremendous job despite not having players in the lineup most of the season. When he started the season, he envisioned missing certain guys. And, and you know, you, you look at it, this is just one of those years. It's one of those years for them where – they just losing player after player each game after each game. But Kyle Shanahan has been able to muster up four victories, and that's that. That in itself is a good thing. Uh, they lose Jimmy Garoppolo, who was put on IR. Kittle was put on IR. Now you got Nick Mullen back there playing quarterback, who you know he get his feet wet for the next several weeks and see what he is. Um, but what did you expect? I, I don't. Zubin, Zubin, I don't you know what's it? Key is um, key is so predictable. So last night it's nine twenty five. I'm supposed to be I'm, I'm in my bed with my wife, watching the game, and the text comes. First text, exactly, right? I just hear Key's voice saying exactly <laughs> in my mind. I look at my wife. I said, oh, here we go. Here it comes. As I said, no, Rodgers doesn't need no damn wide receivers. Just, I knew it. I knew it. And I knew Key would go there. And, and Key, let's, let's get into it because – I. Everybody's going to look good against the 49ers, and having Devontae Adams back makes a world of a difference. I actually kind of agree with him that he's probably playing like the best wide receiver in the game right now. Having him back, nobody questions whether Aaron Rodgers can make people look great. Obviously, Devontae Adams makes himself look great. But still, like it's, it's still against the 49ers, right? And I know you're going to say that doesn't really matter, but still, it's easy to look good against the 49ers to a degree considering they're still depleted, correct? No. So they took care the of business, 40, not taking anything away from what the Packers are doing, but can't you walk away from that game with a little bit of a fallacy saying, hey, just because we beat up on the Niners doesn't mean that we're that good yet. We haven't seen them against that great of competition yet. We saw them against the Bucks. We saw them against the Saints. Okay, small sample size. But still, we're going to get a chance who, to see them against the Colts in that real defense. Who, who, who did they just lose to? Was it the Minnesota Vikings? The Packers? Ran, yeah, was it Minnesota? On Sunday, yes. Didn't they run the ball down their throat? It right. wasn't that supposed to be Jay the mentioned recipe. yesterday. Wasn't that supposed to be the recipe for success against Green Bay? Who San Francisco who does San Fran to? have on their team that's like Dalvin Cook? I'm just telling everybody that was out there saying that, that they were going to run the ball down their throat because their linebackers aren't very good and their defensive line doesn't – 
allow the off, doesn't stop the offensive linemen from getting up on the second wave of defenders. Look, they took care of business. They did what they were supposed I to agree. do. When a guy goes 25 and 31 and throws four touchdowns and had an opportunity to throw for five, that means that things are clicking. It's flawless. It's smooth. No matter who you're putting out there, 49ers have won four games this year, and the games that they've won, they've beat up a couple good teams. Nobody says anything. It's like, oh, yeah, see what they did? The moment that they get shellacked by Green Bay, now Green Bay has to prove again that they're better than the Tampa Bay Bucks or they're better than the New Orleans Saints or they're better than Seattle. They continue to just keep moving things forward. If they would have lost this game, then now you worry about what it looks like against Chicago. Now, all of a sudden, Chicago's right there with you, lock and step, basically, as you would say, Zubin. Right? Indeed. I mean, it, you got to give the credit where it's due. Aaron Rodgers did not need any other wide receiver except his healthy one in Devontae Adams. Lazar will be coming back at some point in time. And the reason I keep saying this over and over, because that's all we keep hearing. We keep hearing, trade deadline. Oh, he didn't get him any help. It's like. Just chill. This dude, he got it under control. Losing to Minnesota had nothing to do with him not having a wide receiver. Just calm down. Well, you mentioned Devontae Adams. The numbers were great for Rodgers, as you said, 305, four touchdowns, fine. Aaron Jones' numbers were good, too. He contributed Mm. off the calf injury, also caught five balls out of the backfield. But the numbers for Devontae Adams were off the page. Ten catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. After the game, Devontae Adams was asked if... He's the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's not uh, that's not being conceited. That's just being confident. Yeah. I think um, you know, obviously, what I've what I've done and um, what I'm going to continue to do is going to prove that um, to anybody who who isn't on board with that. But I, I truly believe that uh, just based off of the the work that I put in. At the end of the day, um, I'll tell you, yes, absolutely. I, I think I'm the best wide receiver in the, in the game, but. Um, there's a lot of things that go into me being able to, to to make that statement. That's the difference between the spoken word and the written word. If I saw that in the game story this morning on my phone, I'd be like, man, this dude's like Keyshawn Johnson. He's a modern-day Keyshawn Johnson. But when you hear it, Key, the way he said it, what the way the words came out, brash, <laughs> backing it up, confident. That wasn't okay. that brash. Say, say, that but wasn't that brash. Say, but say that's it, the point. If you hear it, it, <clears throat> it doesn't sound that way. <clears throat> if you read that statement, you'd be like, hang on a second. So, yeah, but that's the problem. Right. But we heard it, <laughs> yeah. and it comes across a little differently. That said, is he the best wide receiver in the NFL? Who's your top five? Who's on that list? You know, you, you could certainly put him up there as a top, the, the top dude, depending on who you ask him. Everything is semantics when it comes to receivers, man. It really, truly is. And there's nothing wrong with him saying it. I said it every – I wouldn't give a damn who was on the field except Jerry Rice. When it came to other receivers – and you talk about other receivers, I'm like, okay, well, put me in a situation and watch what you get. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing in the situation I'm in, and I'm still thriving regardless. I'm the long ranger out here, and everybody knows it, and I'm still balling, much like Devontae Adams. To answer your question about the top five guys. Yeah, can I, can I hear T- no. Keys give me the damn ball top five <laughs> wide receivers instead of this guy that's talking to me about semantics right now? If you allow me to get there, Jason, <laughs> then I could explain to you why I go in the direction I go in. Number we have one, four hours. number one, we only have a few minutes in this segment, <laughs> just two seconds. Um, number one, obviously, 
is my nephew, period. That'll never change. I wouldn't give a damn what nobody say. It's nepotism and it's alive and kicking. Michael Thomas. Once he's, on the, once he's on the field, as, as I would call him now, Slant Mike, the dude that he got into the altercation <laughs> with, allegedly <laughs> called him Slant Mike. So if you're paying me $20 million a year and you're throwing me 170 balls and I'm catching 149 of them, I'll be Slant Mike too. So you got him, number one. Okay. You got him, number one. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue whatever. DeAndre's number one, number two, whatever. Julio Jones at three. Devontae Adams at four. And young and emerging. And I've got to continue to see it, what I will see. He's averaging about 20 yards a catch. Is DK Metcalf. Not DJ Metcalf. DK Metcalf out of Seattle. Um, I like him a lot. I just need to – he's got to continue to keep growing and keep getting better at – and now once he continues to grow and get better at things and he can run the route tree like all these other guys. The great thing about these guys that I just mentioned above DK, they all can run the route tree, which means from one to nine, they can run them all and run them with precision, quicks in and out of the breaks, all of those sort of things. And I think as you look – and you put these guys on the board, if one falls off the board, you're happy with the other. Mm. That's just what you have. And, and then you say, well, what about Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill is put in a separate box for me. He's a special talent, so therefore he goes in a separate box, separate and above, because I can line him up at running back. I can fly sweep him. I can do a reverse with him. I can play action pass him. He can run a deep comeback. He can run a 20-yard curl. I mean, he's just in a different Box. I don't even look at Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver. I look at him as a dominant specialist. Yeah, that's when they recruit college guys. They just call him athlete. They don't call him wide receiver running. Yeah, he's just, he's, a, he's just a he's, he's a just, he's legit. But I don't. He's not my receiver. And for those wondering, Devontae Adams, 53rd overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. Hard to believe there would be 52 players better than Devontae Adams. Just remember, yeah. My nephew's going to be one on every board, no matter. If he caught one ball, he's going to be number one. <laughs> he did catch 149 last year, like you said, a single-season NFL record. And we're asking on the Dr. Like Pepper picture. Twitter feed this morning, <laughs> if you're watching on ESPN News, smiling key, ready to go. Mm. Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL? Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zuba Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Again, 888-ESPN, Key, J, and Z. Simply put, who's the best receiver in the NFL? Key says his nephew, Michael Thomas. We want to hear from you. Key, you got something? I, I, need, him, I need him to change that picture, though, what that happened? profile. Because I look like a fake lawyer. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I just don't even like that look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like that look, man. The guy on the advertising screen that pops yeah, up late I night, don't 2.30 like this. in the yeah, morning. 2.30 in the morning. Hey. Call me. I can get you out of that if you want me to. No. Uh-uh. I don't like that picture. On the way, we'll react to Key's top five wide receivers. We'll see what Jay weighs in with his top five, who he has. And, of course, we want to hear from you again. Number one wide receiver in the NFL. Who is it? Key, Jay, and Z. That's when the law firm of Johnson, Williams, and Mahenti rolls on. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I'll tell you, yes, absolutely. I, I think I'm the best wide receiver in the, in the game. Was that to a degree the, the, the mindset of what you wanted to hopefully accomplish? Yeah, it was something that we preached, talked about, making sure we put our foot on the road. Devontae Adams yesterday, back and forth. What do mean? 10 catches, 173 yards, and you just heard Devontae seconds ago when you heard that guy say, I think I'm the best receiver in the NFL. That was Adams himself, the Packers, with a big win over the Niners, 34-17. He balled out. Aaron Rodgers, 305 yards, four touchdowns. Michael Thomas is Key's top wide receiver in the NFL. He just mentioned that moments ago. The Saints certainly need to get back on the field and get him back on the field. And Get in the Zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the Zone. AutoZone. So if you weren't with us, again, poll question this morning, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, best wide receiver in the NFL, period. Just based off Devontae Adams' statement himself declaring him wide receiver one if it is the way you do it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key's top five wide receivers, Michael Thomas one, DeAndre Hopkins two, Julio Jones three, uh, Devontae, let's Adams, see, Devontae four, Adams four and DK Metcalf five. So what do you think about that, Jay? I was curious, Key, how, how far are Diggs and, and Mike Evans? Yeah, they're, right, they're right there. They're right there, there. We only got a five list, so. Yeah, no, so I was asking how far no, are they right off? right there. I mean, yeah. they're they there. I, I, I like them. Man, I, I like them all, right? Um, it's just that when you start to look at the situation, these guys, for the most part, are playing with nobody opposite of them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, you know, there's no second guy. Now DK just came along with Lockett, so he's still young. But Lockett had his first thousand yard season with DK Metcalf got on board a year ago. So now all of a sudden, both of those guys in 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 Lockett up in Seattle and in DK, not DJ Metcalf, is emerging. They're dominant duels together. But when you look at Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams ain't got nobody. I mean, Julio Jones got Calvin Ridley, but Julio Jones, before Calvin Ridley was on the team, Julio Jones was eating. Diggs up in Buffalo, though. I mean, it's... But Diggs ain't... I mean, Diggs kind of... Diggs is good. I mean, they got Cole Beasley. They got a certain system that they run. He had Thielen with him in Minnesota. I like him, but he's not in the five. If you gave me eight or something like that, then he would be in the eight. That's all. It ain't... It, it, it's not he's not far off, but he's just not in my five. That's all. Zubin, random point though. Every time I, I hear DK Metcalf's name, now I go back to that LeBron James tweet when LeBron James came out and called him Baby Bron. He's like, oh, that's a, that's a Baby Bron right there. And I, I get what Bron is saying because of the physicality. I'm still not comparing him to Calvin Johnson. I'm not doing that, Key. But the, the physicality of the game for DK Metcalf is something that's so different. But I think what LeBron was saying – is not the physicality. I think LeBron was saying when LeBron was in high school playing football, 
he looks like LeBron in uh-huh. high school playing football. Uh-huh. That's what Le- that's what LeBron. I, I think I haven't talked to LeBron, but I, I think that's what he was saying. We Not you- even the physicality, because if you see LeBron in high school playing football, he kind of looked like. DK Metcalf to a degree. Indeed. We want you to weigh in. You heard from Key. It's Michael Thomas, the top receiver in the NFL. Who is yours? 888-ESPN or Key JNZ on Twitter. Two things here. You talked about a thousand yard season. The one thing I really like about Devontae Adams is he's kind of grown into the role, right? He was 53rd overall in 2014. He caught 38 balls his first year. This is his seventh year in the league. It took him five years to get his first 1,000-yard season. He's progressively just gotten better yeah. and better and, that's okay. and better they had, and better. They had Jordy Nelson there for a while mm-hmm. and Randall Cobb, and that's fine. You it, Over time, you're going to get better. I mean, if, if you get worse, then there's an issue. But what I got to teach him, I got to teach him how to talk to the media. I got, I got to <laughs> teach him how to talk to y'all. Ruben. What do you mean? Because when they asked him if he's the best receiver, what I needed him to say there is, I'm going to leave that up to y'all. I know what I do for my team, and y'all know what I do for my Why? team. Why? Because that's, that's more sarcasm, more so. I like it that way, rather than, yeah, I'm the best. It's just more, I like it more like, make, you make that determination. I know what I am. They know what I am. But he didn't say, yeah, I'm the best, like with conviction. He said, yeah, I think I'm the best. No, I, I think, understand. Like, when you, when you preface it. something by saying think, I that's just obviously like coming from, more, like, it softens it. I like the more sarcasm part of the trash talk. That's all. Uh-huh. That's all. I'm just getting get him. Get him lathered up for that a little bit. Leave the trash talk up to me. Oh, I agree. I was going to say, if there's somebody to give advice on trash talk, and I know who I'm going to. Keyshawn Me and Dion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you and Dion versus the rest of the world. <laughs> That's the way that would be. I'm I not love sure. Prime. 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 I remember I was playing against Prime. Uh, we were getting ready to play against Prime when I was the Jets, and he was at the Cowboys, so this is the first time I got a chance to see Prime. He goes, you know, in his work, you know, his voice and the chains and the whole did Prime go, See, he done had all the appetizers. He getting ready to get a full course meal now. Mm. I fell out laughing. <laughs> I was like, prime is something else, boy. Gosh. He really was something else, and now he's a coach for the first time down there. We'll see what ends up happening uh, at Jackson State with the HBCU. That's, uh, that's a really interesting story that didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, prime got a lot of attention throughout the course of his career. Deion gonna, Sanders. He was prime something time. else. On the way, Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, one, should feel really good about their future. The other, not so much. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. What's that for? My ankles are good. I already lotioned up this morning. Take them. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, my ankles are always on. They're always on point. You, you might it. still want to put some more on nah, there, especially especially on the back half of that one right there. They can't look, see the back half. No, look. They can't see the back no, half. I can. Look at that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That right there, right between the Achilles. That's a little blotchy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Let me go. He got to look, look like he's been rolling around in flour. Assy Larry. I, just, I had to do it. Assy Larry is what they call me. I'm like, jeez, man. Let me see yours. Put them out there. Mine's straight. You ain't got to yeah, worry about not me. Not to, yeah, today. Typically, though, Come you be on, coming man. in with the, Jesus, the Jesus I, I, sandals. I keep telling you I got that pretty black, man. You ain't got to worry about me. Oh, keep telling you. Skin is flawless, baby. You got problems, man. <laughs> I'm wearing socks, so there's nowhere to go for me. Okay. So we were talking about being on point. The question is, are the Jets on point with their future with Sam Darnold? Are the Browns on point in their future with Baker Mayfield? They were obviously both drafted in the same draft, 2018. Baker, as you know, went one, and Sam Darnold went three. They have to have the ability to pick up the fifth-year option, essentially, on both of these guys by next May. In May, we'll have that determination. And we have to wait to see what both teams are going to do at the most important position. They're banking on these guys being the future of the franchise. Let's first hear... From Jets general manager Joe Douglas, who did not draft Sam Darnold on the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN in New York. For those that say Sam Darnold might have a murky future in New York, Douglas squashing that immediately. I think Sam is the quarterback of the future, so I'm not going to put that on the next eight games. I think I think our whole everything in the next eight games is going to be on progress. Progress from our young guys, progress from our veteran guys, progress from everybody. You know, we just we just need to do we need to do everything better. We need to do simple better. So um, that that's the focus over the next eight games. Okay, now that seemed pretty definitive. If I'm Sam Darnold, listening to that. I feel pretty darn good. Sam shows up on the Michael K. Show, and when Joe Douglas shows up on the Michael K. Show saying that about Sam, he's got to feel good. Here's Andrew Berry, who at the age of 32 earlier this year was hired as the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, the youngest general manager in NFL history. Had a little history with Cleveland there in 2016 through 18, which means he was there for the 0-16 and 1-15 debacle. So he's kind of seen the organization move in the right direction from being at an absolute Low point. Here's Andrew Berry when asked about committing to Baker Mayfield long term. Honestly, I really don't get too caught up in that type of narrative. You know, all I know is that I think Baker has played well and he's done a nice job during these first eight weeks. He's allowed us to play winning football. We've had winning football from from that position. Um, expect him to keep doing that over the second second half of the year. Um, and you know, look, we're going to be in a good place, you know, as a team and organization if that's the case. Okay, so key. I think one general manager was pretty definitive. Can we get some clarification? Just so, was that the exact question that was asked? Was he asked if he's committing to Baker Mayfield over the next couple of years, just for context purposes? Or are we not sure? Fellas, what do we got back there on that? Let's, let's just assume he. That is what we're talking about. Okay. All right. Let's assume. So that. Joe Douglas, pretty definitive on Sam Darnold. And uh, I don't think Andrew Berry was very definitive there on Baker Mayfield. Well, well, first of all, I, I like Andrew Berry, young, talented, up-and-coming executive in the National Football League. But what, And he knows how to dance. He's a Harvard guy. So he knows how to wiggle room, right? First of all, he says 
he doesn't get involved in those type of narrative. Well, it's not really a narrative. It's simple and plain and clean. If you listen to what he said, he clearly hopes that things continue to move like they have been moving for the first eight games. With that being said, to me, how I take it is if it doesn't go that way, then you're not going to make the playoffs. So therefore come the springtime and the off season, when you have to pick up Baker Mayfield's option, fifth year option, you probably are not going to pick it up. If they miss the playoffs, I'm saying on record, if they miss the playoffs and Baker Mayfield doesn't play as well as he's been playing for the first several games after the Baltimore game, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. It, it, but what they will do is they will allow him to prove himself so when they get to that fifth year, if they want to negotiate a long-term deal with him, they could do it at that time, but they're not going to lock themselves into guaranteed money. What happens with the fifth-year option is – it's only guaranteed against injury. So if they pick it up in the spring of May of 2021, he's protected only against injury. So if he gets injured, that fifth year becomes guaranteed. They don't want to lock themselves into that if they're not sure if he's a long-term solution. But what happens in these situations is the draft is in April, depending on where you fall in the draft, depending on what quarterbacks is there, how you set your board, the way that you're thinking, who you're seeing in the springtime when you go to work guys out, all that helps make that determination on whether or not you want to pick up that fifth-year option. Joe Douglas sounds like, okay, yeah, he's our future. There was no, I don't want to get into the narratives. I don't, it was just simple, Sam Darnold's our future, and we moving forward. That's what, the way I took from both of those guys. So it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's get straight to the point on the date of 2021, which is important, which is to say that if they have to make the decision in May, obviously free agency will happen before that. Yeah. And obviously the draft will happen before that. Yeah. So they do have some options to think about before that decision in May of 2021 comes about because free agency will hit in March. The draft will hit in April. And Andrew Barry, 32 years old, one of two black GMs in the National Football League, he'll be able to see things from a much wider lens. It's difficult to do right now. We're in the midst of the season. But when they have to make that determination, a couple of very important dates will have passed. But if you're looking for which statement is more definitive, neither statement is definitive. I mean, it's... Oh, not though, Jay. The Be- because nothing is locked. Nothing is guaranteed. The man said that's my future. That's fine. He said that now. It doesn't, that doesn't mean he's going to say that in two months from now. See, I, I don't. I, I personally have never heard a general manager or anybody say he's my future and then look up and lie in New York City where they're going to kill you if you say that to him and then you try to walk it back. Key, we can't remember what people said two days ago. Yet alone, you, you well, think, I, I I will remember a statement where something like so that. So let me comes let me out. let me say let me give you exactly what he said. I think Sam is the QB of the future, but everything and everything also in next eight games is about progress. So here's my thing: if the Jets can, if the Jets do not show progress, and we find out that they're zero and sixteen, and you get a chance, say Justin Fields blows up or Trevor Lawrence blows up, I know you have your opinion about what you think the Jets should do. But if, if ownership or somebody else all of a sudden says, hey, here's a better option, it is feasible to think that the Jets could use Sam Darnold as trade bait to somewhere else and also draft a quarterback. 
depending upon how things play out. So I think neither comment is definitive because it doesn't make sense if you're a GM to lock yourself into anything. You always keep the door open for flexibility purposes. I hate to disagree with you in this. Why? You can disagree. I, I, I hate to do it because the man said, and we can play the clip back, Joe Douglas said, he's not the eight games that he's seen doesn't change what he said about the future. Evan, can you play that back? Yeah. Key, wait. I'm just saying. So now we're taking everybody on face value now. I'm going to take. You're telling me we live in a world now where because somebody, sa- somebody Joe, says Joe it. Douglas, okay. the general manager of on the New York Jets. November 5th, he said. It came out of his mouth, not mine. That's fine. It come, I don't mind. A lot of stuff comes out of people's mouths. Doesn't mean that they I, can't turn around and have a different comment. Um, we live in a world where people say something I, yesterday and then they say something not, different tomorrow. I'm talking about Joe Douglas. I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about the I'm general about manager. In general. I'm just talking about. This, the general manager of the New York Jets. I'm not talking about somebody else in another organization. I'm not talking about somebody else in the world. I'm talking about Joe Douglas, the general manager of the New York Jets, said this. So let me pose this to you. Have you ever heard of inflating somebody up so their value can go up? Absolutely. So but like my thing is, wait, hold on. So if I'm, at the po- if I'm at a post presser and somebody, if I were a GM and somebody were asking me about my quarterback, I would say something positive about my quarterback, even if I didn't like my quarterback. Because I would want to prop him up this way when any other GM came to me with an option for what a trade value could be, I'm going to put him in the best position to put my team in the best position to get the assets that I want. that's not what he did, Jay. But how do you know that? Because all he said was the future. He didn't say, we love Sam. Sam is is playing, balling out. He didn't say that. He said, he's our future. Let's listen to the sound. I think Sam is the quarterback of the future, so I'm not going to put that on the next eight games. I think I think our whole everything in the next eight games is going to be on progress. Progress from our young guys, progress from our veteran guys, progress from everybody. You know, we just we just need to do we need to do everything better. We need to do simple better. So um, that that's the focus over the next eight games. I'm not putting everything into the next eight games. He's our future. I, I, that, that's all I'm saying. But, Key, I, I hear what you're saying. Everybody has a different style on how they approach this. So, so Andrew Barry can say, I don't get into narratives. That's his style. You can't tell me that Joe Douglas potentially can't have a style of just deflecting, not answering that question, but may have an alternative strategy. I mean, that's just, man, you a businessman. He, he, he you has, know about this they, business they, and how they, it could work. They all have strategies. There's no question I about it. with you. But he likes Sam. He just the man said it. The man said it. All I'm saying is what he said, Zubin. That's all I'm saying. It came out of his mouth, not out of mine. But can you, can you, I'm not arguing with. Can you can you understand my reasoning, Key? I you, understand can, what you're trying to so say. Can you, I get can, it. Can you say it's feasible? In some way out there in the world, it's feasible. No, I can't say that. No. So no. you're saying 100 percent definitively. There's no way they do anything with Sam Darnold. If somebody came to them, just like anybody in the league, they come to him and you wild him with a crazy offer, then of course he's going to look at that. That's okay. just part of it. So you, of course, you agree with me. But as a, no, I don't agree with you. What I'm saying <laughs> is that if they come to him, hey, we're going to give you two ones and a two. Well, he'll be a damn fool not to take it. Okay, you if know there's we a quarterback available, but they're not going to come to him with that type of offer. So therefore, he knows that Sam is the future. All he has to do is fix the coach. That's it. It's funny to me. When we went with the top five receiver comment, you were the, you prefaced your whole comment by saying semantics, nuances. And so you make that narrative applicable to your top five receiver 
conversation. But now you're not making semantics or nuances applicable to this scenario. Because like, this life, Keyshawn just said Sam Darnold's so his future. What the hell is he listening to? So what? Come on, Go man. Go Diana, man. Straight Please. talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Like the man said, let's go to Diane. NFL Talk with Diana Rossini is here. I haven't been on your show since you guys launched. Guys, congratulations to all three of you. You guys are off to, to a, a fantastic start. Uh, Zubin, I've worked with you for years now. You are one of the best sports broadcasters on this planet. Look at him. making it all about him. Blushing. So what about you, Davey and Clowney? <laughs> at least accept the compliment. <laughs> Say thank you. Thank you, Diana. I really appreciate yeah, it. I'll match that sweater in a minute. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Oh, that was that, a great moment. Ain't that cute? <laughs> My cheeks were more red than Key's maroon USC starter jacket. We're going back to the 80s Cardinal. and 90s. Cardinal. <laughs> Got the starter jacket on. <laughs> Old school. Old school. Great stuff. Let's bring in Diana Rossini, ESPN, NFL insider. Diana, I hope you caught the end of our conversation there. Uh, just about exactly what Joe Douglas meant when saying Sam Darnold was the future. Key seems to think that's pretty firm. Jay was thinking, you know, a little wiggle room there. You can't take everybody at face value. From all the context that you have and all the sourcing you have on this situation in the organization, where do you fall? Yeah, Jay, normally I'd be right in your corner on this. Uh, because how many times have we seen GMs stand up there at the podium, talk to reporters, uh, and essentially it turns into the kiss of death as soon as they show support of anyone, a coach, a player, uh, and sometimes they just contradict themselves and they don't want to reveal. But um, like most times, I'm agreeing with Key on this. Uh, you know, the, the Jets are all in on Sam Darnold. I've never had a conversation with anyone in the front office or even on this coaching staff, which – you know, we can obviously have that conversation uh, of whether or not they'll even be there next year. Um, but the sense has always been that Sam's the guy. They're, they're going to move forward, Sam Darnold. I, I feel very comfortable saying that. When you look at what's been, uh, been your reaction around the league with the Raiders being fined so much money in draft picks, uh, Diana, from just John Gruden, like, come on, coach, like, just get it right. What's that reaction that they continue to just seem to screw it up? Well, I think that, I mean, obviously the league is trying to send a very strong message uh, by, by making sure that everyone in the league is seeing that they're not messing around. Because, look, let's go back to September when we saw teams that were technically not wearing masks. Uh, we saw what happened in Tennessee. Um, you know, they, they just got a little bit of a slap, a parking ticket, essentially, uh, compared to what the Raiders are, are facing here. But at the same time, there was – a lot of callousness here from the Raiders. When you saw what they were doing, we saw on social media, uh, you know, them at that gathering, not wearing masks. And we're at a point now where we're starting to see a lot of teams deal with COVID-19. It seems that right now, this is probably, uh, of all the weeks this season, there's these are the most amount of teams affected by it. The good news is there aren't any teams with any significant outbreaks, but you know, guys, we can go through the list right now, and it's, it's there's a lot of teams that are dealing with whether it's a staff member or a player. And, and I really think this was the league going, all right, we need to tighten this up and make sure this does not become a problem. Because so far, you know, Roger Goodell is getting a lot of praise for how far they've come along this season uh, without any 
significant interruption. You know, guy, I know when I talk to you guys in the summer, I think I even said to you on your show, there's no way the season was going to go all the way. Um, because I just, I think at the time, it just didn't seem like it would make sense. And look at us now. It's week nine, and, and it's, it's going smoothly. So this is a message more than anything. And, and I think John Gruden, John Gruden will clean it up. No question about it. Multiple facilities were closed this very week, yet the games go on unimpeded. Just to bolster Key's point, for those that haven't been following, because every team's been affected differently, the NFL had fined the Raiders a half a million dollars, head coach John Gruden $150,000 for not wearing that mask on national television. And most importantly, this might actually gain the attention of a lot of people around the league. A 2021 sixth-round pick was taken away from mm-hmm. the Raiders, that according to Yahoo Sports, fellas. Mm-hmm. Diana, let's go to the Chicago Bears for a second. What do you, what do you think about their confidence level in Nick Foles? Um, so leading into this game, uh, well, first of all, let's just start with playing off the COVID story. We, we know that they're dealing with that as well. They're one of the teams that their offensive line is getting hit with players that have COVID. So, or at least um, have been in contact with those that have it. So, that's their priority right now in handling the safety and health of their team, um, which obviously becomes a gigantic distraction to what they want to do. Any team I've covered this year that has dealt with an outbreak, it, it absolutely overtakes what they're trying to do because everything has to be adjusted behind the walls. Everything becomes virtual. They're not able to be out of practice, and it really changes the way the, way the week is supposed to go. So that, that's the first element to this. In terms of what Nick Foles can do, the sense I've always gotten when I talk to, especially the receivers on the team, they believe that Nick Foles is good and can do this. It's, it's just really trying to bring it together. Look, I'm not going to ever get a receiver to go on the record with me and say Nick Foles is trash. It's just not going to happen. But you can pick up on tone. You can pick up on, on when they're talking about the game plan and frustrations. And, and it just seems that the frustration lies a little bit more on the play calling than it does their actual quarterback. And, and maybe that's something that they can clean up this week, but we've seen this all season long and we've seen the relationship on TV, just the verbal cues and, and the physical um, relationship that you kind of see between Matt Nagy and Nick Foles. They're, it, they don't seem to be grooving as much as they need to be uh, for the, you know, head coach slash offensive coordinator with the quarterback. Diana, I could think of one wide receiver that would tell you a quarterback is trash. He's sitting right next to me right now. Man, stop, man. I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that bad. I'm Wait, not that Keith, bad. Have you, ever, Keith, have you ever done that? Have you ever gone public and said, like, your quarterback is really bad? I, I didn't need to go public. Y'all knew. When y'all covered me, y'all, you, you knew what I was dealing with half the time. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, covering the Bears-Titans game for us at ESPN. Diana, what, when you look at – the Bears, for instance, what are their? Ch- how do they feel about their chances of either winning the division or just making a wild card berth? Guys, we can sit here all day long and talk about how bad Nick Foles has been and, and how their offense is abysmal at times. But this is a team with a really strong defense. Talking to Tennessee this past week, preparing for this Sunday game, I mean, I can't hear enough about Khalil Mack. I, I can't hear enough about their secondary. Um, so in terms of going into this game and their confidence in beating Tennessee uh, on the Chicago side of it, 
I mean, they definitely think Tennessee is is raw at this moment, and, and they can. This is not the same Tennessee team we saw at the beginning of the season. They have a lot of holes. We know how bad Nash, uh, how bad the Titans' uh, defense has been, specifically on third down. And you know, look, this past week they cut Vic Beasley. To me, that that sent a really strong message. That was, I mean, Vic Beasley was a really good player a few years mm-hmm. ago. They spent a lot of money on him in free agency, and they just cut him. Uh, that tells you that, that, well, A, he wasn't doing much. We all saw that on television. But also, I, I think that was more of a setting a message to everybody that it doesn't matter how much we paid for a guy. If you're not going to play hard and you're not going to sort of buy into what the Titans like to do, you're not going to survive there. Um, and maybe that can be something that gives them a kick headed into this game. But for the Bears, you know, they're still they're competing in this. I think we look at them as if they're out more than they do, which obviously they don't, you know, and, and, you know, players like Allen Robinson, Khalil Mack, you've start really talented players that if they can get this right, they, they still have a shot. That they do. Diana safe travels this weekend, kind of a litmus test game for both. We'll see on Sunday NFL countdown. Thanks very much. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.